0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. And today my guest is Dan Kerr, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in New York City. Uh, Dan teaches and writes about using pain and stress as a doorway to sanity and growth. Uh, he was trained as an Alexander Technique teacher and mindfulness meditation instructor. And um, he teaches privately and in groups around New York City. And we'll put a link to his website by the interview. Uh, Dan, welcome to the show.
1: Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Robert.
0: Good talking to you. Um, Could you begin by giving our listeners a brief uh, description of the Alexander Technique?
1: The Alexander Technique is a set of skills for Managing one's mind and body and learning how to shed habitual patterns that are unwanted or keeping you stiff or living up in your head. Mm -hmm.
0: And it does have quite a history of helping people who are in pain. Often, I think it's maybe best known for back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, that kind of thing. But I think we're going to talk more generally about pain and how the technique uh, can help. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: So um, maybe you should, I I think our proposed title for this is Don't Make Pain the Enemy. That might be a good place, a, a good title for you to comment on.
1: Yeah, so the Alexander technique as you said has often been linked to um helping people out of their pain, so change patterns or work with pain that's already there. But I've sort of more and more started teaching kind of more explicitly about our relationship to pain because if if we don't sort of set it from the beginning, what I found, this is my own experience, um you know as we've talked on another podcast on this show, I got into the Alexander Technique because I had uh, very serious chronic pain in my mid-20s where I couldn't um, work at a desk, I couldn't type at a computer, I couldn't even dress myself for a while. And for me, it was I naturally wanted to not have pain, and that's what I thought about all day. And so I thought I brought all of this kind of intensity and focus to the Alexander Technique, into my own healing in which I tried to kind of eradicate the pain or, or be so vigilant and so manage myself with such um, close regulation that I would never do anything that would cause me pain. And what I found with myself and with lots of people that I've worked with is that when we kind of abandon our humanity, our, our ability to be kind to ourselves and also our ability to be present to what's actually happening in, in pursuit of getting better, in pursuit of um, even something as laudable as you know, lessening our pain, we tend to enter this treadmill where we are constantly um, trying to improve ourselves and we f- feel like we're never quite there. And for many reasons, this doesn't work. We tend to brace and tense against the pain uh, because it feels overwhelming and we don't know what to do about it. And we also have all of these negative kind of thoughts about ourselves that we feel like we've somehow failed in this uh, experience because we have pain that means something about us. And so this idea of don't make pain the enemy is that right from the get-go, even if our long-term or medium-term goal is to decrease the amount of pain we experience in our lives if we are really um pushing after that with a lot of focus we tend to just be resisting what's already here and we kind of spin ourselves tighter and tighter into a knot
0: Mm -hmm. so uh pain becomes the obsession really or can easily become an obsession
1: and and we're wired that way it's not our fault it's no one you, you know it's not a shortcoming it's you know, think about the value And you know, I don't know, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, if you have something wrong with your body, you really need to focus on it quickly, mm-hmm. figure out what you need to do so you can keep on, keep moving on. And often it's helpful to be able to stiffen around the area so that you could keep moving. But nowadays, this kind of obsession with our pain and also this kind of linking between our pain and self-worth, because the Alexander Technique does offer this ability to kind of radically improve the way our body's being used and improve our pain, it can be so tantalizing to just really try press the accelerator on the whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you say press the accelerator on the whole thing, you mean you get some Alexander ideas and you pursue them with a vengeance, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, let's say I had like my first lesson with Robert and he Mm -hmm. told me this thing that if I don't tighten my neck as much, I'm Mm going to experience a really different feeling in my body of less compression down my spine. Mm -hmm. So you give me a little bit of information, which is true, and then I maybe start kind of chewing on that and kind of fixating on that and constantly trying to make sure my neck is never tight. Well, you know what that's going to do. That's going to just make my neck tighter. Um, so right. that 's kind of what I mean
0: so um well I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and there are there are students who um i 've had who who've had that um, reaction so if uh, if what you don't want a student to do is obsess over their pain or the part of their body where the pain is, but you also want to give them uh, some tools that will ultimately help with the pain what what do you actually say to such a student that would nudge them in the direction you want them to be nudged
1: exactly is that's the question that is the question yeah so I think the first step is really acknowledging what's going on so just in a very open way a student learning to ask themselves or you as a teacher asking your student, you know, what's your experience right now? Like what's happening? And sometimes when we ask that if someone has chronic pain, they might say, well, you know, I've been on this cycle or this phase or a flare up. But you kind of mean in this moment, like what's happening inside you right now? So the first thing is to just kind of acknowledge what's happening. They might Notice, wow, like my low back, I feel pain, and I'm really tensing all around it, and I feel really kind of a lot of anxiety, so the first thing you do is you're just oh is awareness is is what's happening right now, and then the second thing is so we we acknowledge what's happening, but then we we use this principle in the Alexander technique of inhibition, which is lessening or ceasing an activity that we don't uh want to have and so For many students, that might be that I'm working with someone, let's say they have back pain. I'm going to invite them to say, and I don't have to fix my back pain in this moment. Mm -hmm. I don't even have to focus on it right now. And I might encourage them to think that thought for a little bit of time. And generally, my experience is they start to naturally – actually decompress, so push down less on their spine, become more open, their breathing changes, because they didn't even realize that so much of their resources were focused on trying to kind of uh, manage this pain in the moment, in a vague way. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: And yeah, you use the term inhibition, and I think it would be important to... um, um, Talk about what exactly that means in Alexander terms, particularly as opposed to what I think most people would say, uh, inhibition. They usually would associate it with uh, um, Sigmund Freud's idea of inhibition. But Alexander, oddly enough, came up with that phrase before Freud, but sadly for us, Freud
1: became way more famous. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, so it is very – because it is, it is quite easy uh, when you have chronic pain to suppress your pain, which is perhaps the more – or suppress at least the uncomfortable emotions that are triggered by your pain, which is more that kind of conventional definition you were talking about. But what I'm talking about in, in the Alexander Technique context of inhibition is – Using our sort of conscious uh, think awareness and conscious thought to kind of lessen a response that we're having. So what I, in that example of someone who's got back pain, it would be inhibition for this person to think to themselves, I don't need to fix my back pain. I don't need to concentrate on it right now. Mm-hmm. And they might even think this is a strange thought, but people find it very helpful, which is I'm not in charge I don't have to be in charge of my back pain right now. Mm-hmm. And what what it sort of points to is that as the person relaxes and releases some of this tension in that area, it points to the fact that without realizing it, they're sending kind of messages in their brain that they are in charge and that they do need to figure it out and fix it right now and focus on it.
0: Mm-hmm. So the the pain has been sort of the object of their activity right mm-hmm. in 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 the model you're suggesting, so let's say I have very serious back pain and it hurts, and I'm really thinking about it a lot, and I'm thinking about trying somehow to fix it, but I don't really have the tools to fix it, so my trying ends up being creating extra tension in myself that could even make the back pain worse.
1: It, it, it's likely making the back pain worse. Well, yeah, actually,
0: uh, it's almost certainly going to make yeah. the back pain worse. So it's it's in a way saying this. I have this back pain, but if my I guess you could think of it as if my mind body actually knew how to uh, lessen it, it would be doing it, but. But obviously that's not happening, so I have to learn the skill of dealing with back pain in a way that doesn't make it worse and actually makes it better.
1: That's right. We have to kind of learn how to pause and not suppress, but pause uh, our kind of frantic, slightly below-the-surface efforts to constantly control And fix our pain. Mm. And you're you're totally right that we don't know. And in fact, it's a very helpful um, place to be, a mental place to be for a person with back pain or any kind of chronic pain to actually admit that they don't know how to make their pain go away. And that seems like a very terrifying thought. And it always was for me, But the Mm -hmm. more I sort of realized that, oh, I don't know how to make the pain go away. There was usually a lessening of effort and a kind of opening that I felt in my body. And now you're open to change. Once you admit that you're not quite sure what to do next, two things. First is you're actually present. You're actually present in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then two, you're available to learn something that's based on more than just reacting to pain. You're based on learning what we teach in the Alexander technique, which is that the body and the mind are a kind of indivisible whole, and that our body works best when it's integrated all throughout, so not just hyper focusing on certain parts. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the um, the statement that uh, I don't know how to um, to fix my back pain. I think it's important to maybe say that the I that you're talking about there is your conscious mind, your thinking. Mm. But there are other parts of your brain that, in, in my take on it, uh, your brain and your body know exactly what to do, but have to be given useful instructions, which your conscious brain is not capable of doing right at the moment
1: that's exa- uh, that's exactly right that's my my thought too about it robert is that when i say i don't know how to fix my back pain yes that what we're taught. what we do in the alexander technique is not push ourselves into some alignment based on this secret manual of angles right. you know of our right. joints right it's we're waking up our body's right. natural posture and so yes there is like you said there is this part of me that actually uh knows what it's like to have a body that is whole, you know and it knows
0: how to get it yeah and uh, the what i tell what i talk talk to my students not about pain or or any other issue they have is that their their conscious brain is fantastic at at working out solutions to problems, coming up with strategies. It is the world's worst micromanager, however. (laughs) It has very, very limited ability to micromanage, but it has fantastic ability to set the stage for the parts of you that do that kind of micromanaging to give them the overall intent that you want and let them figure stuff out.
1: Well, this is really, I feel like, an opening, what you're saying to... Kind of one of the next steps of what I recommend for people when they work with pain is is learning how to ask for sort of the kind of responses or the things that we'd like in our body, but Mm -hmm. without putting a lot of pressure on Mm -hmm. ourselves to Mm -hmm. make it happen and without trying to force it. So, like you said, without the conscious mind micromanaging, but Mm -hmm. for instance, you know, asking to allow, um, you know, uh, to not interfere with gravity going down through Mm -hmm. my body, for Mm -hmm. instance, is Mm -hmm. just one thought. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so we're learning to kind of ask for these things, but without this constant, am I doing it hard, am I trying hard enough kind of thing.
0: Mm -hmm. So, and that asking could take the form of using what are called Alexander Technique directions, which are statements that you softly and easily make to yourself about what you want. So, if I want my neck to be free, I just say... My neck is free or I'm not tightening my neck, that sort of thing.
1: That's right. And, and you know, I think for people who are, I don't know, you know, if you've experienced this in your practice, but, you know, what I find is if someone's been dealing with chronic pain, they require a lot of um, inhibition and permission to, um, to not, you know um, – what am I trying to say? They re- it require a lot of inhibition so that it doesn't become this self aggressive sort of situation. So, generally, if someone has a lot of back pain, I-, I often am not asking them to use directional thought in their back early on it- because that whole area is so um, fraught mm-hmm. and so loaded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I find it much more helpful for people to. Start to think more, have more spatial awareness around them. To think of the support of gravity. To think of the kind of an up going through their spine, but without really kind of trying to go into the area where the emergency is happening.
0: Right. Yeah. Go somewhere else, or a more a more general um, uh, intent. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I would certainly agree with that, and I think it helps. It maybe helps. Um, it would help our listeners to understand that, let's say, you're suffering from severe back pain. If your, um, if your structure were a little different, but you were doing the same things you're, you, you did that perhaps caused that back pain, it could show up as neck pain or shoulder pain it it just depends it, where where it is may not be the most important aspect of it
1: and that's a very kind of um that's a hard sort of message and and uh you're not even necessarily a message but a hard truth and a kind of a one that needs to be sort of understood sensitively because right. you're right that it, it's in my experience. So I had all of this trouble in my hands and arms. Mm -hmm. But if I, the more I focused on my hands and arms as the problem area, the more I neglected, you know, not my fault, but the more I neglected the fact that my arms are really powered by the back and, uh, really depend on a healthy lengthening, uh, and widening back and, and support from the ground and from my legs and all of these kinds of places. So, um, yeah, I, I would agree with you that um, you know we're generally interested in raising the functioning of the whole. You know,
0: right, and that is what is ultimately going to help with um, with the pain issue. And I, I guess we should say also to just be a little careful here: there are some kinds of pain that we don't really have that kind of control over, and it's important to distinguish. You could have Pain, back pain due to cancer, for example, and I don't think Alexander is going to help a lot with that. So you do yeah. need to have a medical. If you have, if you're in serious pain, you need to have a, get a medical opinion about it.
1: I I completely agree, and and I and I yeah, I don't want to at all say that the Alexander. I mean, actually, when I talk about this, don't make pain the enemy. It's a lot of it is about not only. I mean, we certainly want to feel less pain and have more mobility and less limitation in our life. But a lot of this work is about the relationship we have to pain. You know, I still experience pain and, you know, from my condition. And so it's just the idea that when pain is like we can see pain as like a home invader Mm -hmm. and we're trying to repel it. Mm -hmm. So especially especially that person has this back pain, let's say, from cancer or from a car accident or something in which um, there are some kind of very um, structural reasons, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, this approach I think is really helpful because it's it's helping them kind of diffuse the situation of constantly trying to be better than how they are, you know, which is a, a, in some ways just about, you know, being OK, learning, learning to be to kind of accept yourself as you are you know. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, is uh, is there anything else you want to add before we bring uh, this interview to a close?
1: You know, I guess the last thing I'd say about this don't make pain the enemy is that in addition to kind of the view of it that we've talked about, what I find so helpful is just um if if it works for you in your body, just trying to get on the floor, you know, um relatively frequently you know once a day if you can do it you know there's a a way in which we can keep trying to kind of um, push our bodies around and try and find this position of greater comfort but a lot of times if you have chronic pain you're fatigued and you're tired and your your brain is is frankly fatigued as well and Mm -hmm. I find some ability to do what we would call in the Alexander Technique, let's say, of constructive rest, Mm -hmm. you know, a very helpful kind of, you can, it's like recharging your battery, basically.
0: Right, and just for our listeners who are not familiar with that, it's a a position you can lie down in, in which your head is supported uh, a bit, and your knees are, basically, your knees are elevated relative to your hips, and there, there are a number of variants on it, Um, you can, you could, there's a whole page. I'll put, I'll put a link to the page that, that gives a lot of information about that. Uh, although it, you gotta, it's gotta be said that some people with, with certain kinds of pain aren't going to be able to do that initially. Mm -hmm. So, but if you can... Um, that would be, uh, or you could modify it. Maybe you could do it on a mattress temporarily instead of the floor. That's not optimal, but it's better than not doing it. But I, and also I would say in general, be sure you get as much rest as you can for the reasons you talked about. Just ordinary sleep, naps, that kind of thing.
1: Which, which is a bit counterintuitive when you are, when your adrenaline is pumping. Right. And, you you know your sympathetic nervous system is cranking you are in this kind of uh problem solving you're attacking your kind of pain or your injury and it's you're totally right that it's very easy to just neglect the fact that you're quite depleted and so it can feel like you're wasting time but i find like you said that the, the rest is really important so that you can think clearly
0: yeah, absolutely. Which doesn't mean that you might not want to do some activities. It's not about saying bed rest is the cure, but for sure, make make sure you get adequate sleep. So um, I think this would be a good place to to bring our conversation to a close. My guest today has been Dan Kayer, who's uh, an Alexander Technique teacher in in you're in Manhattan, right?
1: Yep, that's right. I live in Brooklyn and I work in. I teach in Manhattan, in
0: Manhattan, uh, New York City. Uh, he's he himself has gone through quite a bit of pain, and the Alexander technique has helped him. If anything about this uh, interview intrigues you, and you live in the New York area, uh, get hold of him. I'll put a link to his website by the interview, and if you, I also put a link to the Constructive Rest page, which. Uh, has a lot of information about that process that would be good for anybody, whether they're taking Alexander lessons or not. And I'll put a link to a site where you can learn more about the Alexander Technique and how to find a teacher in your area. So, Dan, thank you so much for this.
1: I really enjoyed it, Robert. Thanks for having me.